You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, welcome back. Late Show News Talk 830 WCCO. Yesterday, there were a lot of people trick-or-treating. But how many trick-or-treaters out there we're 25 years or older. Probably not many. I'm probably talking to the only one on planet Earth on this show tonight. Their first time trick-or-treating at the age of 25. I saw the story, and you can see it as well, in the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Adonis Parker, 25-year-old, goes trick-or-treating for the first time in Minneapolis and loves it. And joining us tonight here on the show via the, uh, the John Shushikoa Banker Hotline, is Adonis Parker. Uh, Adonis, thank you so, so much for being on the show tonight. How you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm trying to stay warm. <laughs> stay warm. All right, so so let, let me ask, I guess let's let's dive into why this year, Adonis? Why was this the magical year for you to get out and become a trick-or-treater? Um, well, this is, like, my first official year, like, I'm, like, completely away from my family and, like, um, I'm not in contact with my family anymore. And I just like, this is the year that I'm trying to like heal and like go through like, or um, like to heal from like childhood trauma and that kind of stuff. And like, this isn't one of the things I thought would help like with the healing process. So yeah. 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 Which is awesome. So, so let me ask you this in, in all of the, the, the time that, that you've seen or heard about Halloween, um, maybe wanted to participate or celebrate, um, a lot of times there's so many people in, in our lives, right? Like we see stuff going on with our friends um, and we fear that we're going to, they call it FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. During your entire yeah. life, did you always kind of have that fear of missing out and not being able to, to celebrate and be a part of the trick-or-treating with people during Halloween? Um, I think I, I've i had a lot of that, like the FOMO, like the fear of missing out a lot in my life, but like um, it's, like, with the Halloween thing, like, I never really, like, when I was growing up, like, I I think I wanted to do trick-or-treating, but, like, at the same time, like, we were told that it was such a bad thing, and I believed it, and um, so, like, part of me didn't really feel like I was missing out on that when I was growing up, but, yeah, just, like, looking back now, I'm, like, I missed out on a lot of, like, great, like, like a lot of fun things, like, that I could have done, but, like, wasn't allowed to do, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I get I it, you know, know in the article sense. in the Minneapolis. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. And, and something I should note uh, from the uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune article: uh, you grew up in an Amish family. Um, you know, early on, you were you were you were you know kind of taught some um, you know very conservative Christian you know in churches. And the quote from yeah. the article says, "My parents were very big into it. Like demons are real. When I was a kid, I was very afraid of that kind of stuff. I would have nightmares about that kind of stuff. And now I think that." was just religious trauma with all the stuff that they were teaching us. Now I don't think that those things are real, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, like, 
there was I think it's just like a way for them like to me looking back at that I think it was just a way for them to like to use it as a control tactic where like if we keep you afraid long enough then you're not going to like want to go and do things because like bad things will happen to you um yeah like yeah that's what, like that's my yeah, point of view I, on that now so yeah no, I get it. I get it. We're talking to Adonis Parker. You can check out the uh, the, the really nice story on Adonis in today's Minneapolis Star Tribune. A 25-year-old goes trick-or-treating for the first time in Minneapolis and loves it. Let me tell you and ask the question, what did you love about the uh, the trick-or-treating in Halloween last night? Um, I think it, like my favorite part was like um, getting to like see people going out trick-or-treating in their costumes. And um, I actually met a new friend last night. Um, and um yeah just like seeing all the people out having fun was like my favorite part so and the candy was a good plus too <laughs> yeah well i i gotta say this adonis now you're 25 a first time trick but but you don't look 25 <laughs> you look a little bit younger what, what what was the uh what were you dressed as what what was your what was your outfit what was your who were you for halloween this year so I was Pedro Pascal as a Met Gala look, but I added my own twist to it and made myself into a vampire as well. So, yeah, it was oh, kind that's of a confusing awesome. that... outfit that was like very me. So. <laughs> All right, so 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 now this is this is the 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 biggest question of our entire interview. Okay, twenty five years old, you trick or treated for the first time. Now, we know that trick-or-treating is typically something that kids do, right? And they get out of it by middle school, definitely out of it by high school. This was a one-and-done, right? This was a one-shot deal for you, right? You're not, are you gonna, are you looking to do it again? (laughs) This is just a one-time deal for you, right? To get it out your system. Yeah, I'm not planning on doing it again. I would just like, I wanted to do it just one time in my life and then just say that I was able to go trick-or-treating. Um, so next year I'm hoping to be able to like, do more of like passing out candy and that kind of stuff. So, what was your favorite candy that you got? Um, I think it was Butterfingers, and yeah, I think Butterfingers was my favorite. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so glad you said that, Adonis, because we had a debate about candy on this show last night, and my producer Chris, he's he was so anti Butterfingers. So, yes, Adonis, correct answer, my friend. <laughs> I'm glad I said the right thing. <laughs> well, Adonis, I appreciate you uh, joining my show and, and for calling in, man. I know it was on short notice. I saw the story in the Star Tribune. I wanted to reach out and get a hold of you, and I'm so thankful that you, you joined the show tonight. Thank you for coming on the Lake Show. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. Adonis Parker, check out the other uh, article um, in today's uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune. 25 years old, first-time trick-or-treater, and, yes, uh, it is a story about, you know, th- there's a reason why he started so late in life and waited until yesterday to do that. It's because of his, his upbringing um, with his family, Amish family, um, the way things were kind of taught to him early on in life. And then also, um, you know, just in terms of from a personal life perspective, uh, he came out as gay to his family shortly um, after uh, just wanting to, to talk more about being their authentic selves in 2020 when he left the church. And then in August, he told them uh, that he was transgender. So th- this is more than just about Halloween, Chris. This is more about, about uh, Adonis uh, wanting to, to live life the way that they felt like they, they wanted to live their life.
I think what stuck out to me, Lake, was when he said it was part of the healing process. And yep. and it really makes you feel for somebody like that. And just, you know, having all of this pain internalized, but being able to, to you know, get out into... Like, into the real world, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and I don't want to speak negatively. I, I don't want it to sound, you know, more condescending than it's probably already coming across. But he's experiencing these things that, that a lot of us, I feel, maybe take for granted. And, you know, I, I love the first thing that he said. He's like, I just like seeing the kids in all their costumes. And, and you you hear that tone in his voice and you just you feel happy that he was able to experience that. And next mm-hmm. year he wants to be on the other end of it. So I, I, I thought it was so cool and in, in just being able to hear him explain it. And I, I hope this is the beginning of uh, a run where he can do a lot of the really cool things that maybe he missed out on. Hopefully that's one of many things that he can check the box for. And Adonis is going to be handing out candy next year. That's so cool. You heard it first. You yeah. heard it first right here on News Talk 830 WCC. Breaking news, like. Breaking news. I will take a break. We'll come back. Uh, something that I came across a little bit earlier today, uh, and, I, and I believe, and I truly do believe this, harsher, harsher penalties need to be enforced for those who endanger children and purposely put them in harm's way. I'll explain to you the situation, which is so ridiculous, and we get to that next on The Lake Show. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show. You know, when we think about what we do each and every day in our lives, everybody's life is precious, is valuable. Um, Everybody should feel worthy of, of existing, right? And we know that in this world there are just some 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 bad folks <laughs> that, that are up to no good. And I came across a story out of West Valley City, Utah, where the police there on Monday arrested a Granite School District bus driver by the name of Michael Austin Ford, who's 58 years old. And let's be clear, when, when I think about all the people in society that do harmful things to each and every one of us. That's not good. But in my mind, I think about when people harm kids 
or that's what they want to do, it's it's even worse. Okay? It's even worse. And so that that's this gentleman, okay, Michael Austin Ford, was taken into custody in connection to a school bus fire last year. Um, he intentionally set or tried to set the bus's electrical equipment on fire as he was transporting 66 children. 66 children. Um, the arrest report describes surveillance video of the bus involved in the incident, which apparently shows Ford committing arson. However, while um, the West Valley City Police Department didn't describe the incriminating video, the affidavit did detail a separate, more recent incident in which the bus driver reportedly started a fire on a granite bus he was driving. Uh, I don't know what the mental state of this person was. Clearly, um, there were some issues here. But this is the thing that scares me more than anything, Chris, is that we have so many people out there. And I think that the worst thing in the world is a person that's capable of harming a child, capable of doing something to um, women out there. Um, I, I'm not saying that <laughs> that it's okay to, to attack a guy or attack a grown-up. I'm not saying that any sort of, uh, sort of crime or violence or anything that way is acceptable. None of it is. But trying to commit arson on a bus? Like, what's that all about? When you're talking about kids, you know, children, these are youngsters, young individuals that you are entrusting into the care of an adult who's supposed to have their well-being in, you know, in in mind. And, man, there's – I get so frustrated and so upset when I hear about things like this because my daughter rides a bus. And for somebody to purposely set a bus on fire that has children on it, it is unfathomable to me to think that somebody could do this. I mean, we're talking about the bomb threat yesterday that a a teacher called in. But this just seems like it's another level of evil, like – I, I just I don't know what it is that you're looking to accomplish. Like you're wanting to potentially burn these children alive like you are a scumbag of the utmost proportion. Yeah, I just I don't get it, man. I mean, some of these I, things I, I don't... We, we can try and talk through it. But at the end of the day, I just I don't know how you can look at this. And think this guy is just not a tremendous piece of garbage. Yeah, I just, I, I and maybe they'll go through and they'll find out, you know, at at looking through background information that this person had just a lot of stuff going on and they just mentally um, have issues, right? The same way that, but I, I'm not sure that we do a good enough job of even when we identify people as having mental issues, and we don't know that yet from this particular situation, of dealing with people that have shown that they're having issues and we need to get them the type of assistance that they need. And the reason why I bring this up is the main shooter, did you see that about about how um, his family had contacted authorities and authorities knew? Yeah, yeah, that, they, yeah they, they were concerned that something like this might happen. 
why were weapons not taken away from this individual who would go on to take so many lives? I It's almost as though, I'm not going to say almost, I feel like the system let people down. Oh, no, no question. I, I feel, Henry, that if it's not extreme enough, that they, they just kind of chalk it up. You know, okay, this is this is no big deal. You're just, you know, you're being overly sensitive. And then you see something like that happen. Yeah, I just, I think that that part, that part really, that that really hurt me with the, the main shooter situation was the fact that they were on the radar and you have an opportunity to react and get ahead of it and you don't. Like, that's the part I know that's got to be eating up those families. That's got, because it eats me up to know that people's lives could have been saved. And and, and this is the thing. I know that there are people out there listening that are, (laughs) we've talked about this before. You're not going to take my guns. Mm -hmm. You're not going to take my guns. Look, I am not somebody that looks and says that for law-abiding citizens that the government or state officials should just come and start yanking your firearms from you. That's not what I'm saying. But when there are signs, okay, when, when, when there are tells that something is off, those conversations need to be had. And by the way, by the way, th- that whole entire conversation about um, – taking people's guns I, I I support us talking about it through the lens of the here and now just because somebody didn't have issues when they acquired guns back in 2010 doesn't mean that their life is the same in 2023 so as we evaluate things and times change and we adjust we should be adjusting with that as well if a person has situations in their lives, difficulties, things that make us question whether they should uh, be continue to be viewed as a responsible gun owner, then then that's fine. But if we got questions, then let's 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 put those questions on the table. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think. Is there, you know, like some sort of, you know, how every, you know, I mean, you used to have to take the driver's test when you got mm-hmm. a new license. Mm-hmm. I think they've taken. Mm-hmm. Well, no, see, and I don't know if you have to take that now. I know that you don't have to take the written test anymore, but I mean, maybe you, you get to the point where, you know, I, I don't know. Every so many years, like you, you have to have this. You know, the, this competency check, you know, some sort of comprehension. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, because, yeah, circumstances change. We know that. But how often do you have to feel like you have to check in with somebody if they own a firearm? I feel like that's it, – it, yeah. it's awfully subjective there, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. 651-461-9226 if you'd like to weigh in via the uh, Cities One Plumbing Talking text line. Uh, you can have right at it. You can have right at it. Uh, real quick, uh, one of the uh, one of the people that we'll talk to here in the next, I want to say, about 10 minutes from now, a little bit over 10 minutes from now, uh, this week is the Breeders' Cup. Um, you guys know um, that I love horse racing. Heck, the guy that used to be on from 
Uh, 9-1, just for fun. Dark Star. He loved horse racing. He loved he the loved ponies. Again, at Canterbury Park. He loved the ponies, man. He, but I could just see Dark right now with a form in his in his hand. He's sitting in the press box at Canterbury Park, breaking down which horse he's going to wager on. We're going to talk uh, both the ponies and some hockey with Kevin Gord from uh, Valley Sports North. He's going to join us coming up in the uh, in the uh, in in, a, in about. Uh, we're going to talk to him at eight forty. We're going to talk to him a little bit over uh, thirteen minutes from now. Uh, talk both some hockey and some horses with uh, Kevin Gord because. I don't know if you know this, but um, Kevin Gord's a, a great horse racing mind. If you venture out to Canterbury Park, uh, you will see him uh, giving out winners. And I think that many people out there that love horse racing take advantage of that. So let's see if uh, KG is going to hand out a few winners here tonight on the show with regards to the Breeders' Cup, which is, by the way, being ran this year at Santa Anita Park. I, I, I'll tell you this right now, Chris. Uh, I think that you... Need to have? Do you have a, a pen and paper ready? I do have a pen and paper. Yes. Okay. Okay. Make sure that you do when we get to eight forty. Okay. Because I'm gonna give you two winners. Okay. If you bet them right, if you if you bet them right, I am going to give you two winners. I'm just telling you right now. So have your pen and paper ready. I've got it right I'm, here. I'm pretty good at the horses too. Okay. All right. I'm, 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 tr- I'm I trust. I trust I'm you. Pretty good. You. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. All right, 651-461-9226. Um, coming up next, of all of the years in recent memory with Gopher football, this has got to be the most overrated of them all. And I mean that. I'll explain coming up next year on The Lake Show. Of all the years of Gopher football at this particular point, this has got to be the most overrated year that we've had. And I think the Gopher fans, and look, I, you can call me a hater. I don't, I don't even care if you call me a hater this year. You're delusional if you think the Gopher football program has done anything this year. They haven't. And I say that because all of a sudden, people are like, the Gophers are first in the Big Ten West. Look at them. They're coming back. The Gophers haven't been good this year. And, look, I know that they're 5-3. and three. They've won back-to-back games against Iowa and Michigan State. I would say this to any Gopher fan out there that just absolutely is head over heels for their team and loves this program. And I'm a Gopher fan, but I'm being a realist. Who have we beaten this year? In all seriousness, Nebraska's not good. Eastern Michigan, not good. Louisiana? Iowa was ranked not good. Third-string quarterback, uh, their best offensive weapon out, bad football team. Michigan State, debacle all year long. You're about to play Illinois, terrible. Purdue, terrible. Then you face Ohio State and Wisconsin. In all seriousness, who have we beaten that's good? I think you can make the case that people will say, well, hold on, when you beat Iowa, they were ranked. (laughs) 
Iowa just started falling apart. I mean, come on, come on. And I, and I, and I, and I can't. What? No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm saying you, when it comes to you know to saying Iowa, yeah, Iowa was ranked, but is Iowa a good football team? No, Iowa's not a good team. I was not good, but 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 respectfully, they were ranked. Okay, so I, I got to give it to the Gophers. But I, in all seriousness. I don't think we've beaten one good football team this year. Not one. Not one. No, I, I think you can make the case. I, I think, you, yes, I mean, you, you look at the numbers and mathematically, sure, you have a chance to do these things. But I think there's a difference between looking at things numerically, Henry, and having it pass the eye test. And to me, it's it's always about the eye test. Yeah, you, you go back and you look and and – you're like, well, you got blown out by Michigan. You lost to Northwestern. To me, that's the one that 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 stings because you were up in that. And you know, UNC not a bad team. So I, I mean, I, I look at it and I'm like, UNC, you no no, UNC, North Carolina is a good team, but they got blown out. Yeah, yeah, they, they did. But every every good team, you, every good team you played, you got blown out by. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not. I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. And and let's not forget yeah. in, that, in that win over Iowa. I mean, that that was a questionable, questionable fair catch call that the Gophers got a, a very a very fortuitous call on that. Yeah, I just. I'm sorry, Gopher fans. You cannot sell me on this season. I'm sorry. And this is the thing. This is the thing, and this is this is what's going to happen, Chris. I can see it right now. Uh oh, uh oh. This is what's about to happen. Okay. The Gophers right now are five and three. The Gophers will be seven and three. In heading to play Ohio State, and Gopher fans are going to be giddy. They are going to be giddy. Yeah, I mean, you're in the Big Ten championship and game. We are going to get mollywopped. Yeah, thank you. That's. I mean, it's it's a great word. It's it's a great great word. Is is mollywop? You're you're playing for a Big Ten championship, yes. But do you have a chance to really hang in that game? No, no, you 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 don't. You you don't. Yeah, it's not happening, people. It's not happening. All right, 651-461-9226. Coming up next, let's talk NHL hockey. Let's talk Minnesota Wild hockey. The Wild right now, struggling. But let's also get some winners because the Breeders' Cup is this weekend. We'll talk to Kevin Gore from Valley Sports North, and we'll do that next. When it's time to talk hockey and horses, there's only one person I'm pivoting to. And that's Kevin Gorg from Valley Sports North, and he joins us now, courtesy of the John Schuster Banker Hotline. Uh, KG, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Your first uh, appearance of this 2023-24 uh, NHL season. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, off to uh, a little bit of a rough start on the hockey side of things. The Wild, I think, sit now uh, three, four, and two. But we've got uh, we've got a fun month ahead. They're starting to get healthy. Henry, it looks like uh, Matt Boldy, who's been out since the second game of the year, will get back in the lineup tomorrow. We've got a big trip next week out to uh, New York. And then the following week, we get to go to Sweden uh, for the Global Series. And uh, my first time leaving, leaving North America, so I'm really looking forward to that as well. Wait, that's your first time leaving North America uh, ever? Ever. Yeah, I've only gone to Canada. Oh, I, wow. I, I've never ventured over to Europe. Um, really looking forward to this experience. We've got 
a handful of Swedes on this hockey team. So they're going to roll up the red carpet. They're going to show us around. We're going to do some fun stories for Valley Sports North and kind of go behind the scenes with, you know, Jonas Brodeen and, and the Gus Bus, Philip Gustafson, our, our great young goaltender. So I'm really, really looking forward to that entire week and that great experience for uh, for our hockey team. Dude, you are going to be living the life. You're already living the life, but I am so happy. I'm so stoked for you, KG, man. That's going to be an awesome time. So I look forward to you having a lot of fun on that uh, on that great trip. Uh, before we get into the uh, the horses, I did want to ask you a couple of questions about the hockey uh, club right now that, that is struggling. Um, I guess my first one with the Minnesota Wild is, What's going on with Kirill? He doesn't just doesn't look the same, man. What, what, what do you think of the the start of the season for Kirill Kaprizov? Well, I can tell you he's healthy, and you know I was over at practice today, and in typical fashion, he and Matt Zuccarello were the first two on the ice and the last two to leave. That's kind of the the norm over at Tria. But you know, I, I will tell you, he's been a notorious slow starter, even going back to his first year. People remember that that brilliant debut in L.A. where he had multiple points and scored the game-winning goal, and they remember that part of it. But the first couple weeks of the year, that year, and every year since, he's he's been a slow starter. Some guys are just that way. Um, he gets better as the season goes on, and, and I, I don't think anyone should panic. I mean, Kirill is still Kirill, and he's still going to put up those numbers. I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, but you're right. He, he hasn't looked the same. His line's been a little inconsistent outside of the game we had a week ago at home against Edmonton where they were all over the score sheet and basically dominated, um, it hasn't been the same. Now, one thing I'll tell you is there are ripple-down effects that, that happen when you lose players like Jared Spurgeon on the back end and Matt Boldy on the front end. Matt Boldy is a perennial 30-40 to 40 goal guy every year, and when Matt Boldy's on that second line, teams have to put some of their best defenders on that line. That includes Drew Erickson and, and Marcus Johansson. You take Boldy off that line, and they don't have to put those defenders out there. They can really isolate on that top line. And so I think he's faced uh, much tougher defense, and teams are year by year adapting to what Carrillo and that line can do, and they're starting to defend them better and better. So getting Matt Boldy back tomorrow night I think will help not just the Wild, but specifically Carrillo Kaprizov. Yeah, we're talking to uh, Kevin Gore from Valley Sports North here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. All right, uh, let's transition from hockey to talk about uh, the Breeders' Cup coming up this weekend, Friday and Saturday at Santa Anita Park uh, in uh, California. Uh, just your thoughts on the, the two days of racing that we call the Breeders' Cup. I love the Breeders' Cup because we're talking about the best horses in the world running over the course of two days, um, older horses, younger horses. Just kind of your thoughts on, on how you kind of look at uh, this Friday and Saturday. Well, you're right. It's one of the few times you get to see the very best horses in the world gather in one spot. There are big races throughout the, the calendar year that happen here, that happen in Japan, that happen over in France and England. But this is the one time they all get together. We've got the best from Japan. We've got the best from Europe. The best horses in, in the U.S. and Canada are all going to converge onto uh, that racetrack in Arcadia at Santa Anita. And it's just a beautiful backdrop. San Gabriel Mountains in the background. It's two championship days of racing. And, you know, for the average sports fan out there, I get it. You know, you and I are, like, involved and entrenched in horse racing. But for the average sports fan that just wants to kind of tune in and have a good time, there are great stories behind these races, and there are also great wagering opportunities. And the cool part is where we live here in Minnesota, you can hustle out to Shakopee starting at 11 a.m. on Thursday. You can bet the entire weekend of races. It's on all day 
on Friday, all day on Saturday on both the USA Network and NBC. And it's, it really is a spectacular event. But the nuts and bolts of it to me is still we celebrate these champions and we have a chance to make some serious money. And that's what I really love about the Breeders' Cup. All right, so so I don't know if, if you want to dive into any horses specifically that you like on Friday. Um, I, I've looked at the Friday card. i, I, I got to be honest with you, I'm not confident in, in the Friday card with, with some of the younger horses, but I, I do know for a fact I'm taking some shots on Saturday. That's the big uh, day for the card anyway with the, with the classic and everything. So l- let's start with this. I want to start with you know my favorite type of racing is, is turf racing. And oh, yeah. is, the, is there a turf horse that you are wagering on this weekend that you want to give to the people out there listening to the show that you feel extremely confident in or you feel like is going to be great odds, a great value that they should take a look at? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you two different turf horses that I've isolated. And one is going to be probably my strongest opinion of all the turf races. And that is on Saturday uh, later in the card, and in fact, it's the race right after the Classic, race number 10, and that's the turf sprint. So many of these turf races at the longer distances probably give an advantage to the horses that have run in Europe. That's where the best turf racing is on the planet. But turf sprinting at five furlongs on Santa Anita's rock-hard turf course gives the Americans a chance. And there is a horse in this race in particular uh, on Saturday, race number 10, that is worthy, I think, of a large win wager for me and maybe a, a key if you're going to play pick fours and pick fives with what we call a single. The horse's name is Matorius. It's the number 10 horse in race 10 on Saturday, and he's a horse that has the advantage of being based in California, H. He's raced five times on this turf course at Santa Anita. He's never been worse than third. His buyer speed figures continue to be north of 100, which you have to have to beat the best in the world, and he's fresh. He last raced. Uh, back on September the 2nd, his trainer, Philip D'Amato, one of the top trainers in California, uh, has got him fit and ready to roll. He's five door on the morning line. I think that's a pipe dream. I think he'll be closer to maybe three and a half or four to one. But if it's your strongest opinion of the weekend, you can make a lot of money. A $20 win bet likely gets you back some, somewhere around $100. Number 10 on Saturday in race 10, Matorius, is my strongest opinion. Now, the other thing I love about turf racing, I know you and I have talked about this for years is the value that can come up in turf racing. So I've got a long shot that people need to pay attention to a little earlier on Saturday in race number eight. It's the Breeders' Cup turf. It's a distance race of a mile and a half. The four horse in this race is Bolshoi Ballet. Now, Bolshoi Ballet is going to be 15, 20 to one. So a $20 win bet is going to get you between three and $400 if this horse is victorious. Ran in this race last year and had a horrible post, post number 13 actually ran a pretty good race in a 14-horse field, finished sixth, but was right in the hunt turning for home. The wide trip did him in. He wasn't even in good form last year. Now he went back to Europe, ran a bunch of races there, came to the States, raced at Glitzy Saratoga in August, and crushed a grade one field. Grade one is the highest level of turf racing we have in our country, and he crushed. Now he's fresh, now he's sharp, now he's ready, and he's going to be a huge price. He's the four horse in race eight on Saturday. His name is Bolshoi Ballet. Who do you got? Oh man, so 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 I just oh man, you just you you're speaking my language um, to, to to a certain degree here. So in race ten, which you previously went through, 
I'm on the 10 as well, Motoria. So so we're on the same horse there. But when we right. look at race eight, um, I think that you're on to something. But I'm actually – I'm going a little bit longer. I'm, I'm looking at the 13. I don't like the post at all. Okay, I don't like the post. But I just love Warlike Goddess. I, I love that horse. Uh, I think it's it, that horse is going to be flying at the end. I just hope to get at least reasonable position early and is not too far off the pace and comes charging home at the end. So in those two races, I'm going Motorious, uh, the 10 horse, in race 10, like you mentioned, that's your horse. And then in race 8, I'm going with the 13 horse, Warlock Goddess. I do want to get your your thought on race 4. That's the last turf race that I want to get into because in that race, one of my favorite turf horses who – Depending on who you talk to or just looking at maybe the, the PPs in the form, a horse that I've always loved and I've cashed many a ticket on the horse and, he, and he's still lightly raced is Didia. And I hope to get value with Didia. Um, that's the nine horse in race four. Your thoughts on race four? Race four is one of the best betting races of the weekend. Um, it starts with the pace of the race with number one in Italian. All she's done is race 13 times with seven firsts five seconds and a third. I mean, imagine how good this horse is and she's four to one. So, I mean, this is the race where you're going to get paid. If you can find any way to the exacta or trifecta, it's a giant field. You got a great mix and, and your horse Didia is a horse that I would have to mix in to my trifectas and exactas because all she does is show up and run every single time. She's won nine of 13. She's been in the top two. So she's been in the exacta, 11 of her 13 races, and even though she's based more on the East Coast, she's raced once at Santa Anita, and oh, by the way, she's won that race. So absolute must-use on your horse, Didia. She is razor sharp. Her last, now you go back in the form right now and look at the start she's made just this year in the States. Win, 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 second, beaten less than a length, and then a cruising win to prep for this on this turf course at Santa Anita and that's the beauty of this event. On most days, Henry, she'd be eight to five. She'd be even money. She's eight to one. It's an <laughs> unbelievable value. That's the crazy part of the Breeders' Cup. You get champion horses, superstar horses at big prices. And if anyone's ever gone to the racetrack, this is legitimately a day where you can walk out, put $10 into a race, bet five to win, do a couple of dollar exactas, and you can walk away with over $1,000 without even having to blink. Like, it's that type of day. It's spectacular. Yeah, yeah, we're talking to Kevin Gorg from uh, Valley Sports North here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. All right, let's get ready to talk about the uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic, the big race uh, of the day, $6 million purse. Um, it, also on the, uh, the Breeders' Cup card, there are some local connections. Talk about who you like in the Breeders' Cup Classic and also talk about just kind of like some of the local connections this weekend. Well, before I get to the Classic, I've got to give a shout-out to Barry and Joni Butso. They are longtime supporters of racing in Minnesota, specifically at Canterbury Park. And, you know, when you have a horse uh, like Zozo's that ran in the Kentucky Derby, um, that's a big, big thrill, right? They were in uh, Kentucky. They're at Churchill Downs for that race uh, a couple years ago. And now their horse is an older horse with talent. He's racing on Saturday. His name is Zozo's. Uh, it's race three. It's the first Breeders' Cup race on the Saturday card. And Zozo's has a big chance. He looks like lone speed in that race. The familiar blue and gold silks we've seen out in Shakopee now for decades. 
Uh, Zozos is the four horse in race three. I think he can win. Cody's wish is the favorite, and he's going to be tough. He's the three, but just uh, if you're a local and you cheer for the home team, Zozo's certainly at the top of that list, which ties perfectly into the conversation on the Breeders' Cup Classic because there's a, an owner in this race that's got a big shot with a long shot, which I'll get to. But I think when you handicap the Classic H, the scratch of Archangelo um, certainly did some damage in terms of the value. Archangelo was the, uh, the Travers winner, the Belmont winner, the three-year-old that looked like the best of their generation and had a slight setback, and they had to retire him. So the one horse is out, which I think leaves favoritism to the outside uh, horse, uh, the 12-post Arabian Night. Speed, Bob Baffert, Flavian Pratt, he's going to be a handful. And in the right circumstance, he can absolutely win, and he'll likely be 2-1 to one or less. But with the entry of the six, Saudi crown, uh, for Brad Cox with Florent Giroux, who is all speed, I don't think it's a comfortable journey for the favorite. I do think they're going to go fast. And I think you have to now look for a horse that can gain something from fast fractions and sit off of it. I don't know what to do with the two horses from Japan. Ushba, Tassaro, the eight, is likely going to be the third betting choice. I know that uh, Angela Herman, our dear friend that works with me on the TV side at Canterbury, is one of the better handicappers I've ever seen, really likes that horse. The Japanese form, will it hold over? I have no idea, but it certainly looks like a really nice horse. I'm actually going with the horse that, that uh, people have probably heard of, Zandon, who uh, was on the Triple Crown Trail way back in uh, 2022. Jeff Drown, his owner, is an Eden Prairie guy. Not why I'm picking the horse. He's a closer in a race where the fractions are going to be fast, and he's a horse sitting on a big effort. So the two-horse Zandon is 12-1. to 1, And, oh, by the way, his jockey, Frankie DeTore, arguably the best jockey on the planet. And I yep. think it's wonderful that DeTore hops on Zandon for the first time and I think Zannon's going to run a big-time race in the Classic at 10 or 12 to 1. There you have it. Kevin Gore giving his touts for the weekend. Everybody out there, make sure you make your way to Canterbury Park and make those wagers and make plenty of money on this Friday and Saturday. AKG, I appreciate you coming on the show, my man. Always great to catch up. Always great to talk horse racing and hockey. And, H, I look forward to seeing you out at Canterbury Park where the party is this weekend. I hear you, my man. All right, thanks so much to Kevin Gord. Thanks so much to Adonis Parker. Uh, I'll be back right at it tomorrow, 6 until 9. We call it The Lake Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.